I feel like this is a movie where like if you were like hell yeah that movie is amazing I'd be like you're right and if you saw that movie and you were like ugh gross I'd be like yeah I get it like I really wait is understand. that the opening <laughs> music <laughs> yeah if you, if that was it all right well is it that simple <laughs> gosh Ryan sometimes you just got to go with God. what feels natural. Seriously. Yeah, you really Way to do. go, Ryan. Pictures podcast where we're going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. This, this, this. There's a lot to cover tonight. Just buckle up, everybody. And Erica. And there's also not a lot to cover. That's the beauty of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I think whatever we cover and whatever we don't cover in this movie is going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, it's correct. So, speaking of what we're covering, let's throw some Sacred Earth on top of 1989's The Vineyard. Far from the civilized world, seven innocent visitors have journeyed to this isolated land of beauty, luxury, and mystery. I got a strong feeling about this, Jezebel, and I know you do, too. Yes, I do. Dr. Poe is a special man, Jeremy, and he's good to me. And that's something that you don't see, or you don't want to. When every desire, every impulse, (laughs) and every pleasure is indulged and fulfilled... Do you wish to give yourself to eternity? Yes, Dr. Poe. The powers of the forbidden are unlocked. (laughs) The vineyard. (laughs) That's right, 1989's The Vineyard, brought to you by Dr. Poe's highest quality wines. Dr. Poe uses the highest quality seasonal varieties to create his quality wines, which are all of the highest caliber. Once you take a sip, you'll know that you are now promised to the highest quality of wind gods. Or, even better, you may become part of the wine itself. Buy now! It only costs $15,000 a bottle. (laughs) That trailer explains the movie and also doesn't explain the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's amazing. No, this it, movie it doesn't. Is, it, it's like peeling a very complicated onion. It's like mm-hmm. they made it seem a little bit more exciting than it was. But that said, it's like, but there are some exciting moments. But they definitely the 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 element of like uh, seven strangers or seven people being brought to an island. 
makes you think of a certain kind of film or sets your mind for a certain thing that while that isn't false, this movie doesn't pay that off per se. Mm -hmm. They definitely are people coming to this Island, but it isn't quite like you experience the mysterious Island. You Mm kind of just go to this house and everyone's going there because they're actors. Anyway, we're, we're skipping ahead. This is uh, directed by its star, James Hong, and William Rice. James Hong, of course, known to many as Lopan from Big Trouble in Little China, uh, though he has done a million things. He's been an actor since the 1950s Mm. and is still going now into his 90s. Uh, He was just recently appeared in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. He's in the Kung Fu Panda movies. He has done a million things and is still working on a million things but little he also, uh, hails, look, he also hails from minneapolis he does yes he grew up in minneapolis that's right um as a son of immigrants though chi- uh, chinese was still his first language so hmm. uh but uh so uh, and i'm sure he said actually that uh, i heard him say that chinatown in minneapolis at that time was two stores and one of which was owned <laughs> by his father <laughs> who owned an herb store in Minneapolis. So well, uh, well a lot's changed. I think it's three now. So <laughs> it's very different. Really expanded. Um one thing I did not know about him is that he has actually directed he directed a couple exploitation films in the nineteen seventies. Nineteen seventy two's Hot Connections and nineteen seventy eight's Teen Lust. And after this film, Hong would direct the nineteen ninety nine Shannon Tweed vehicle Scandalous Behavior, aka Singapore sling which, which in which he also co-starred. So that seems I mean, to be his MO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm very interested in those. Meanwhile, William Rice, he was basically an assistant director prior to this and he introduced himself to the production because he knew the production was coming to Northern California and he introduced himself as a director and though somehow he was brought on um, by Hong as the as a co-director, but even Rice doesn't quite remember it. He has an interview on the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, but he doesn't even quite remember how exactly it all evolved. But he said, I'm a director. Eventually, he gets to be the co-director. Uh, and I think that Hong brought him on because he felt that he might need help uh, because the film had such a uh, short shooting schedule. And he was also the main star in the film. So that's why Rice is the co-director. It's written by Hong as well, along with James Marlowe and Douglas Kondo from an idea by Hong and Harry Mock. Harry Mock, who also produced this, and he plays a henchman named Gok and the warrior in the flashback um, where uh, Dr. Poe sees himself as a young man trying to protect his mom. Though he he goes under the name Michael uh, Kwan, or Kwan, maybe. Uh, that's his uh, stage name for this. He came up with a story after working with Hong to film a martial arts movie that Hong wanted to make with his, that he raised his own money for. And uh, he said, you know, come, come on up to San Jose. We'll make it up there. But Hong was not pleased with the situation uh, up there and was like, nah, I don't want to do this. So uh, since they had already spent some money, Mock told uh, Mock explained in this interview with money and delight. He said that quote, I was forced to pull that idea out of my hat and fast because had I not, I would have lost my main star, James Hong, along with my funding. So Mock came up with a story for the vineyard 
and the budget as well. And Hong agreed. Um, how they then hired the two writers to write the script, I don't know. I am not sure how that came about. Kondo, who was also the unit production manager on the film, has no previous writing credits. And Marlo, who was a co-producer, also has no writing credits, but had worked as a location manager on a few films and is now still active as a producer and a director to this day. Um, this obviously stars James Hong, um, who, uh, I should also say, had appeared in a few episodes of Tour of Duty, produced by New World Television. Mm. And he would also appear on Tango and Cash in the same year, among, obviously, all the other roles. Um, Karen Laurie, who is billed as Karen Witter, which was her name before she married Chuck Laurie, who has basically created all the sitcoms on CBS for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shows like Two and a Half Men, Mom, and The Big Bang Theory. They divorced in 2010, but she kept his name anyway. And uh, how she got started was she was a Playmate of the Month in March 1982 and then started transitioning into acting, starting with appearances in a variety of TV shows such as Hunter, Falcon Crest, and Cheers, but then uh, moved into low-budget features. Hunter was a really good show. I really liked that That was a good show. Yeah. I really liked that. And she moved into low-budget features by the end of the 80s, including 1989's Buried Alive, starring Donald Pleasance and Robert Vaughn, and the 1988 Chuck Norris film Hero and the Terror. And she would move on to a stint on One Life to Live and appear in other TV shows, and as well as 1991's Popcorn, which, according to IMDb, New World put out internationally. Though I have not confirmed that yet. I I I went down a rabbit hole trying to confirm that New World put that out, but who's to say? I have no idea. It may you become really part screwed of this. Up. <laughs> you really screwed up Google search analytics because it just saw a spike in popcorn searches. <laughs> We're like, what is happening right now? Well, popcorn searches, uh, popcorn playing in other countries. Yep. You know, yep. New World popcorn, right? Popcorn, Pop- nineteen ninety-one popcorn, German theatrical release. They're like, what is this? Never even seen this. Um, yeah, but anyway, so that may or may not become part of this podcast. Uh, IMDb can be real hit or miss, so, you know, uh, but you never know. Uh, Michael Wong stars as intrepid reporter Jeremy, and he makes his English language film debut here. Now, hold on. He only speaks English. He's born in America, but he had started his career in Hong Kong and in Hong Kong action movies, such as In the Line of Duty 4 and Legacy of Rage with Brandon Lee. But he spoke no Chinese. He was not a martial artist, but that didn't slow down his Hong Kong career. And he actually would blow up after this film in Hong Kong in 1994's Final Option. And we'll go on to a bunch of roles, including uh, 1995's Thunderbolt with Jackie Chan, 1998's Beast Cops, and the Hong Kong shot 1998 Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Knockoff, amongst a bunch of other films. And he's still working in Hong Kong productions to this day, though I don't believe he speaks any uh, Chinese. And there's a funny moment in this film. Damn, I should have taken those Chinese lessons. I saw him mention in an interview where he says they... When, when he ever does a movie, if he still does roles in, in, in Hong Kong movies, they always have to make up an excuse. Like, oh, he spent a long time in England, and now he's just moved back to Hong Kong because he has to learn all of his Chinese, like, 
you know, basically phonetically. So I guess they're always trying to excuse the fact that he doesn't speak very good um, Cantonese or whatever. And uh, so they always make an excuse for him. Here's where to watch it. Uh, it is on Tubi. And also on the aforementioned Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, that's how Eric and I watched it. Mark, is that how you watched it? I watched it on Amazon Prime, actually, because I had to watch it uh, on a flight this morning. And try as <laughs> okay. I might to hook up the Blu-ray player on the plane, it wasn't working for me. So I just hmm. broke down you and know, rented it. Two ninety nine, everybody, for the SD version. And it looked great on my phone, sounded great. So... <laughs> Um, don't be the afraid. Ways, the way cinema is supposed to be consumed on your phone. That's <laughs> how they made it. That's how they made it. Even 1989. They're yeah. one day. Also, this is a fun movie to watch on a plane. Um, <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of people. Uh, really, uh, really gets you to be creative on the positioning of the phone mm-hmm. and where you mm-hmm. want to angle that and how you want to on the aisle? legs and... I was on the window, so that was nice. Oh, okay. But still, okay. You, I still had to kind of do a cross the leg, tuck the phone down, kind of yeah, angle, angle you know, it towards some, the window. Right. There's uh, you there's know, some there's choice scenes. <laughs> there's some scenes in this that uh, don't re- require dialogue to get what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there is there is a city count, right, Erica? Yeah, you bet. You bet. It's got it all. This movie has it On all. top of it. If you think that it's just about vineyards or vineyards, you are incorrect. Yep. It is about a lot more. How did you think it was said initially? Did you think it was called vineyard or vineyard? I mean, initially when I saw the word for the first time, yeah. I saw this movie recently. No, no, no. When you saw the title for the first time. I, if I'm honest, when I see the word vineyard, in my mind, I say vineyard. But then I go, no, Erica, say it the way everyone says it. And then I, in my mind, go, vineyard. But then out my mouth, I say, vineyard. <laughs> it's funny though that you bring this up because and i i I don't mean to jump immediately into spoiler territory but but there's going to be spoilers everybody so just buckle in but and even if we uh, spoil this movie we're not spoiling this movie this movie it's a sight to behold you You need to see it we're not going to spoil anything that's the spoiler spoiler is you need to see it to believe it we cannot cover enough spoilers in this. There will be many yeah. more to uncover when you watch this. Yeah, we, we can one possibly them, spoil enough. The, the, one of them, one of the interesting spoilers is that for a movie called Vineyard, there is nary a vine, a grapevine to be found in this Thank movie. Thank you. <laughs> Even when they, when they go to the vineyard, it's, I would argue, Orchard would be a better name for this movie because right? it, mm. it could be an orchard, but this is not a vineyard. There's or mm. farmland, there's, or farmland, or just scrub Russian trees. But yeah. there's no vine. There's no grapes being grown here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which is funny because this was shot on two different vineyards in Northern California. But where well, they shot the scenes outside, when like you said, there's a scene in the party where they run out to the vineyard. Where they shot that exactly, I don't know. Uh, th- this th- this movie will leave you with nothing but questions. <laughs> I have so many questions and so few answers with this movie. But uh, now that we've gotten through where you can watch it, let's talk about what this movie is about. Uh, Mark, what is this movie about? 
Listen to your mother. Mm-hmm. Also, don't take her stuff. Also, don't lock her in a in a in an attic room. You know, mother in the attic is not a good thing. So, you know, listen to her. Sure, Erica. Um, I think this movie to me, it's about a number of things, but probably the the biggest lesson that was my takeaway was like, vet your agent. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you really got to vet your agent yep. and make sure mm-hmm. make sure that they have your best interests at stake. <laughs> And that they aren't just luring you to an island so that you can be um, a pawn in a man's um, attempt to live forever at sure. a certain age. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. bet your agents, everybody. <laughs> bet your agent. Bet your agents. Do yeah. that background check. It's worth it. Ask around. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. A, a Hollywood story that's as old as, as time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the nubile actor being lured in by an agent mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. you know, a, a scheme where you're going, you're, you're going to be uh, uh, bled and your blood will be used in wine to keep an old man alive. These are things that happen in Hollywood. And I think yep. everybody should be aware of that. This is, this movie is almost a PSA. Almost, yeah. Almost. Though, I mean, I feel like you are right, Mark, and what actually happens in Hollywood is probably more scary than what we <laughs> watched in this movie. Yeah, really? It's actually probably more frightening than this. This one's much tamer. Um, but okay. nonetheless, a warning. And I also felt this was a warning. I felt like, it, well, really, it was a reminder. I felt this was a reminder to say your prayers every night. So mm-hmm. you can keep the corpses you fed off of in their mm-hmm. shallow graves. Because if you don't yeah. say the prayer to keep them in the graves, they keep coming out. So yeah. say your yeah. prayers, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get to the letterbox synopsis. We're on letterbox. Uh, follow us there if you can. And this one actually seems pretty on pretty on point. Okay. okay. Dr. Elson Poe is one of the world's most famous wine growers and has a magic potion which has kept him handsome and alive for centuries. However, the magic which rejuvenates him seems to become less and less effective. Mm, Okay. As a side project, yeah, I mean, I would argue it's, you know, it's, he's running, he's actually, he's just running out of the jade, maybe, because of the necklace. Yeah. Anyway. The amulet is shrinking. Yes. But yes, I still, I, I'd still say, you know, technicality. That's pretty close. Yeah. You As know. a side also, project. You know he's successful because he's on the Elite and Wine Magazine cover. Yeah. Right. Is, right. You know, uh, where can yeah, I they sign don't, up for that publication? They don't right? give that cover to just anybody. Yeah. You know, you got to work to get that. Uh, as a side project, he makes movies and invites a group of young aspiring actors to his island for a party, believing that the young, beautiful actress Jezebel can be his new source of life. I would argue he does invite these group of young aspiring actors to his island, but he doesn't actually make movies. One thing they didn't show was his movies. As Erica was saying, vet your agent. What other movies has he made? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he had made movies, where were these movies? None of us knew these movies. Yeah. Um, so he was luring a bunch of people to an island to audition for a movie. They hadn't seen any of his movies and they did not care. And honestly, that was the most realistic part of this film was that they, (laughs) people were like, you bet, let's do it. The temptation to be in a movie is just too great. Yeah. You can't deny it. 
He yeah. look, he's, he's a rich guy. He's got an island. He's got a big house. We just got to go out there and spend the weekend and audition for his movie. Hell yeah, let's do it. That's very real. Yeah. I, I buy that yeah. totally. Even though common sense would start to poke holes in that every part of that idea. But, um, but one thing about this movie that I can say is that title sequence wise, one of the better ones we've seen. Oh, yeah. Because it's not like a lot of New World movies. Uh, and new world and movies in general, white letters over mm-hmm. black. In fact, it takes place in a lab. We're watching uh, Doctor Poe, who we don't really see at first, create his potion. I mean, this is already on a high note. Yeah, and then instantly we do see Doctor Poe take his magic potion in order to stay young. So we already are like, okay, lab potion. We get it. He was a crazy old man. Now he's young, back to his younger self. But what we do then also learn very quickly is that his domestic situation is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he also has a lot of dry ice on hand. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Nor, a more lot. than most people do. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he's a doctor. Right. He is a doctor. And, <laughs> and a doctor of... Do doctors normally have... Are they just sitting on a cache of dry ice? Is that... Sure. Is that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody that, knows that. He, everybody knows that. He's like, here, I'm gonna write you a, uh, I'm gonna write you a script here for some dry ice. You take this dry <laughs> ice, you take it home. Trust me, I, I, this is good dry ice. I'm gonna make sure you get the best. I'm, I know my dry this ice. This is not, this is not a generic dry ice. Oh, this is, sorry, this I just checked your brand. insurance. You're only eligible for generic dry ice. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. sorry. Uh, and I don't want you to have to pay out of pocket. So. <laughs> Um, but, but in all seriousness, dry ice is it's it's pretty cool stuff. It it's is solidified cool. carbon dioxide. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and he is using it. Lots of beakers with it, just overflowing with it. It just looks awesome. Everywhere. Um, and maybe but, that's led to his domestic problems. You know who else? You know who else <laughs> is everywhere? His wife. She is all over the island, uh, having sex with other people. Mm-hmm. And but it doesn't matter because pretty soon he locks her up in his dungeon. More fodder for his magic potion. Uh, Not before making her watch him have one of his henchmen kill her lover. Yep. Not (laughs) only that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Not only does he kill him, he also. Bravo. Castrate him. yeah i mean he castrates then kills him yeah guys i also saw that i'm sorry did you hell yeah wait i'm not sure what the reaction you were trying to drum up here shit yeah he did hell yes showed him and her so that's the thing that's the question i have is like what kind of bennies does Dr. Poe offer because his staff is dedicated. <laughs> well, obviously no copay on dry ice. We know right, that. Right. We well, yeah, that. All the dry ice you could possibly dry ice want. Covered hundred percent. But yeah, I was, I think maybe it seemed like the bennies were paid by a dedication 
level. So if your dedication level was 100, then yeah. your bennies were better. Sometimes you may have misinterpreted the good benefits and thought it also meant having to go with Dr. Poe's wife. Yeah. And that's right. not that's not actually in the benefits. Mm-hmm. That's not covered mm-hmm. in the package. Yeah. But apparently this movie this movie also uh for having a lot going on does an excellent job of not forcing the the viewer to have to figure to to have to understand all the things that could possibly be going on in the scenario. For example, he takes his wife down to the dungeon and he locks her up. There are also other people in the dungeon that are locked up. Mm-hmm. Why? Who are they? We never find out. But we oh, don't those care. weren't his previous wives? <laughs> there's a guy. Sorry. <laughs> wives. Yeah, there's Ugh, wives. There's in ladies. my mind, I say wives. There's and then wh- I think, no, Erica, say it right. Wives. <laughs> <sighs> you have a hard time with words. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a ton of people because maybe there are more people he lured to previous yeah. films. I, I, I don't thought maybe know. they were just like previous actors, maybe because then we find out that the agent is the one who kind of is the middleman between getting actors. Right, and but they young, don't put young, him in a dungeon. Young... They just kill him. So, mm-hmm. like, what is the dungeon an upgrade or a downgrade in the <sighs> in, in Doctor Poe's world? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I think it's a downgrade. I think it's a downgrade. I mean, I, I, I you know, just because you got to always have your arms above your head, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's not fun. You yeah. the blood drains down. That's yeah. no fun. That really does turn out to it's not hard be to sleep great. that way. It's really yeah. yeah. I, I mean, could probably you, do it, but you know, you have to. S- <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to. Well, Ryan, looks your- like you have some plans for this weekend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just as long as she could sleep. She's like, no, no, I'll no. Yeah. no, no, no. She's not. I didn't really tire. She, we were, she wanted to see if she could sleep like that. No, yeah. no, seriously. She wanted to do it. She wanted to. It's just, it's just fulfilling her wish. <laughs> I'm doing this for her. Yeah. I, we also don't have a basement, so I have to dig a giant hole in our front yard, which is how <laughs> I get her into this. In the first place. Um, by the way, before he also castrates the guy, uh, he also has a, a sweet little fight scene. That's because Harry Mock, as I mentioned before, who plays Gawk, uh, uh, is, uh, was a martial artist and stuntman. In fact, mm-hmm. um, he was, uh, he had appeared in Rambo two and TC 2000 and talons of the Eagle and tiger claws Two, where he, you know, acted and was a stunt person in those. And the mechanic there is uh, was played by stuntman Mark D'Alessandro, who was Stallone's stunt double mm. in Rambo 2, okay. Cobra, Rocky IV, and a bunch of his movies in the 80s and 90s. So Both times we watched that, I thought he was on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Ryan's like, he's working on a car. And I was like, oh, he is? She's like, yeah, she beat that guy up who was on the boat. I'm like, he's working on a car. <laughs> Like they're on an island. Did you think they were like that's right why I by? Thought, that's you know, why I thought right it was a boat. Dock? I that's, thought it was. That's why I thought it was a boat because they ride it on the boat with the with the. Uh, but the dock agent. is like right outside the house. So I, I mean, in my version, I guess so. Oh god! <laughs> I gotta ask you guys. Yeah, ask the, away, Mark. Outside of Jezebel, hit us, hit us with this, Mark. Outside of Jezebel, and perhaps the worst, the worst uh, uh, journalist ever 
to uh, oh. to to come to Dr. Jeremy. Post. How dare Wait, you? I nailed the you? glasses. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy didn't decide to actually read anything about Dr. Poe till he got to Dr. Poe's house. I would have no, thought he, he could have. He wrote an article. He right, but wrote then an he article. started reading all these articles. He's like, I read all these articles that were in your office that were published articles. He could have done that with some microfiche at the library. But I digress. <laughs> the rest of the people. What is this might be my face blindness coming back, but uh, I no, couldn't tell. No, no. I could not decipher any of these friends. These friends, I'm like <laughs> Claudia, yeah. Nancy. Who are these people? I don't They're... know. They don't ever explain how they know each other or what no. their backstory is. And you're then they just start dying, and you're like, well, I'll, okay, I guess I don't need to know who they are. Yeah. It is a wild. This has got a giant cast, and we do have our people showing up to the island. Jezebel, we know. Jeremy, the the reporter. Lucas, who is Jezebel's horny boyfriend. He wishes. Um, yeah, he wants wishes. to be her boyfriend. He's an act. He an actor. Their relationship is wild. <laughs> the first scene with them we see is outside the auction where he's working and he's giving her. He's like really put out by her. And he's questioning her life choices. He's like, who are you hanging out with, Jezebel? I got a lot going on. And then um, and then he joins her in the traveling to this island getaway audition? Yeah, <laughs> question mark. So he's like, so all of us, I guess he's okay with it. And then, uh, anyway, and then. Um, and he's the, trying to smooch on her. And on she's the like, island, not here. And on the island, yeah. And on the island, he's all over her. Yeah. Until he starts, then he starts chasing after Nancy instead. And well, to be honest, I think they're a better match. But um, and Na- Nancy <laughs> is Sparks Jezebel's flying when they got in the room with each the other. The chemistry's off it. the charts, you guys. You know, you can feel it. You're like these two. This is a match. This is a match. And <laughs> see if Doctor Poe doesn't mind uh, turning this winery vineyard orchard over for a wedding. Um, Nancy is uh, the other actor friend who has a <sighs> decent day job of holding items at fancy auctions. And yeah. she's wearing like kind of like, like you can't, t- I don't know what it is on her head, but she's wearing some sort of headband or something like that. Mm-hmm. That really kind of, kind of take, you can't really see her hair. So mm-hmm. when she's on the boat, she almost looks like a totally different person because yeah. you kind of see her without any, anything on. But anyway, that's, that's a confusion. That was I'm your face blindness. Mark. Yeah. Is that she, it looks like her both. Okay. Times. Well, I'm trying to explain for Mark. I, I knew it was I her. Boat. I'm there, to, was, right? there was, there was preppy guy. Who was trying to hit on Jezebel? That's Lucas. And Jock that's guy. Lucas. Who, and Jock who, guy is Brian. Mm-hmm. And, right. and then there's half shirt guy. That's the same guy. That's also Brian. Brian. That's also Brian. Brian's oh, the gym okay. rat. He's played by <laughs> James. Who then he at the party clothes a lot. Yes. Well, yes. And then in yes. the party, he dresses up like a lady. Yeah. So which you're like, is what so is so great when the agent comes up to him and he's he's just like. I think we should have lunch next week. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. You have a nice costume here. Yeah. Is this your costume? Right. Yeah, it's my costume. <laughs> Which, yep. by the yeah, way, that it. scene, that whole scene that's going on, oh, the music is incredible. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. it sounds like it's, uh, it, it sounds like it was just um, royalty-free music that they picked up and decided to drop in there. 
but they've done these voiceovers and there's a, a voice of a woman that in the background that's saying, yeah, yeah. All right. Do it. Yeah. Look at him go. Woo. Yeah. Dance. I rewound it three times just to listen to her little comments in the background. And they're all, it's the worst dance party ever. He's wearing a mask and then he takes off the mask and he looks like he's like, he's a zombie. Yeah. He's double masking. He's double double masking. masking. So they they do freak out when he has the mask off. He freaks out when the real mask comes. They kind of freak out. He starts screaming and everybody freaks out. I, I, but if this was in if this was in the real world, you'd be like, check please, we're going to the boat right now. Like this is no good. But they all uh, think it was. And that mechanic would be like, hey, I'm working on the boat. <laughs> the mechanic is already castrated and dead. He's oh, now shit. part of the wine at this point. That's right. He's wine juice. Uh yeah. Now, since we're already here at the costume party, not everyone came dressed in an outfit, which is great. And some people overprepared, as we mentioned. What is the agent dressed as? I don't know. Paul, what is he? I don't, I don't know. know what it is. There's also a mask that he wears yeah. over his face that he holds yeah. in his hand. I don't know. I don't know what he's what doing. What is happening? It's like he's like a fancy old man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because he then has like sort of his his face is like painted a bit, but then he also has the old man mask. And then he has like maybe yeah. his hair like kind of up. In a towel or like some sort of, it's, I don't towel know. Or like very... almost like a little side like hat that you'd see a woman wear yeah. like in the 1930s. Like yeah. what exactly it's... is this outfit? And Jeremy's wearing like a bowler hat. I'm like, what are you trying mm-hmm. to be? And Nancy, of course, is totally dressed up because she's so wood. Yeah. That's so Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you would. You br- would. I like prepare. to think she brought four or five costumes. Yeah, she had so many. She just finally was like, I guess I'll go with this one. Yeah. But she she was like, I know how vineyards work. We need to wear a lot of costumes. <laughs> and this is where the agent starts feeding, is it Nancy and Claudia the, the cookies? And they're really yes. loving these cookies. Yeah. And yep. is it Brad mm-hmm. that's in the in the that's dressed like uh dressed yeah. dressed like in a, a like a fe- baseball woman? player. No, 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 no. Brian is dressed like the woman. It's Brad Brian. is dressed he, up he like He puts a one in his mouth and he says, that, that's bitter as hell. It tastes like spiders. Mm-hmm. Which made me think, has this guy eaten a lot of spiders in his life? Right? I mean, apparently so. Yeah. Apparently, apparently so. A lot of spiders in his mouth on accident or on purpose. I don't know. I don't know. But how come he can the, taste um, that it tastes like spiders, but they can, the women can't? 
some people like spider meat and some people don't, you know? I mean, that's that seems pretty clear. <laughs> By the way, clearly they wanted Brian to be this sort of comedic relief. There's a there's definitely some comedy in there. And um, Paul as well, the agent, they thought would be very funny. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And the uh, Brian is played by a stuntman, Sean P. Donahue, who did go on to direct and act in a bunch of uh, straight-to-video action films in the 90s, such as 1994's Parole Violators, where he's on the cover with a shirt off, oh. which he also wrote. He doesn't direct that one. And then 1998's Shattered Dreams, which he wrote and directed and co-stars with Eric Estrada. So... He has a bit of a direct-to-video career through the 90s. Yeah, yeah he does. That, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I got to check out that guy's work. Um, but the party is so fun. That's when we dance into the Orchard. Or um, yeah. And we are going to party all night. Wait, is that a zombie? Nope. It doesn't matter because only Nancy saw it. Crazy old Nancy who went a little too far. <laughs> over there what is it i don't know it was it was this horrible thing this this like a dog or something i don't know what i don't know and then there was this skull or something this horrible it was well show me where it is it was right over there right there right there over here yeah it was right there skull it's there lucas it's right there this skull nancy there's nothing down here but dirt no there is a skull these are my shoes these are your shoes nancy but Not too much wine. No, Lucas, the wine. Look at Lucas. Too much wine. Too much wine. Too much wine. Lucas was wearing a uh, a a white uh, sleeveless tee or a yellow sleeveless tee and some black shorts. That's all you got to do. You know, Uh, fake a little mustache on you. That's all you got to do, Nancy. You don't have to get so crazy. Clearly, he was dressed up as. A bumblebee? I don't know. know. Yep. Yep. Great. Yep. Bumblebee. Got it. See, you got it. Everyone got it. Everyone everyone knows. Everyone knows. But I think at this point, for anyone who's keeping track, we already have um, a mystical element because we've been hinted Mm -hmm. at with the um, aging and the amulet and the mixture that keeps him young. We have a titty count. We have um, some fights. We have right. some murders. We have a castration ending in murder. We have a dungeon not where people incredibly are... graphic. We should we should point out it's not that's not as it's not as graphic as it, as it may sound. We've had a lot of dry ice. A lot of dry ice. We've got a torture dungeon, and now we have zombies. <laughs> now we get zombies. You're right. It's a good. That's a good it call. Has it all? And again, this is where having a quality staff matters because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Though, because they Dedicated definitely clean the, they, staff. they yeah. clean this situation up. So yeah. you know he's a good employer, Doctor Poe. Mm-hmm. His, his team really goes to bat for him. Though I would I would say I would argue if you know that the bodies you've buried in out in the Orchard 
have a tendency to rise out of the ground, why let everyone dance out there? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And and then he's complaining about the that there's dogs out there that then wake up the dead bodies. Also, which he shoots who at. Are, that's who are the dead bodies. I believe they're just other people that he used to make his wine. And I would, that's what I imagine them to be. Yeah. I guess they're other actors, like actors and actresses that he's already used. Yeah. Other I mean, staff. So then the wine is going to be able to keep him alive in perpetuity because it's sucking the life out of these people into the wine. I mean, I'll buy that. Are, you're right. Well, sure. <laughs> You're sure. you're 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 helping the film out with that, but yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't be putting. I shouldn't be overthinking this. Just like yeah, just no, like Nancy's no. costume, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, so. oh, don't be a Nancy, Mark. Yeah. My gosh, sorry. Nancy. Sorry oh, for being such a Nancy. Such a Nancy. One. God, such be, a Nancy. We should all be a Brian in this life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yes, we, go go go! <laughs> oh, it tastes like spiders. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, Brad uh, then gets some free acupuncture, which is pretty cool because <laughs> wait, who's Brad? When did Brad get here? This is the thing that you were saying, Mark. There's a all of us. Not only did we come over on the boat with these people, mm-hmm. yeah. but all of a sudden we immediately go into a party, and there's more people. So yeah. you don't know that this is why you're getting confused. Um, Not it doesn't matter the people in the dungeon who we never really know who they are. Right. Yep. Uh, outside of his ex-wife. And then Brad is also very well, quickly. Hold on, Ryan. Dr- I don't know that they ever officially had a divorce. Just because That's you true. hang someone she, in your dungeon. She might actually be. That. She might be Although, Mrs. Uh, Dr. Poe. Uh, yeah, she, it could, but you're, I mean, it could be. Do you share, do you also get the title <laughs> when you marry a doctor? Sure. Yes, you get to be Mrs. Doctor Poe. You can also if you Erica, if you you were a doctor, light surgery. I would be like, I'm Mr. Doctor Golan. I don't think you would go by Mr. Doctor. I would. Yeah, I would. Well, I I don't officially own the title. (laughs) Mr. Doctor Golan. Not it's not officially my title. They're like Mr. Golan. Excuse me, that's my father. Please call me Mr. Doctor. My wife is a doctor, yeah. so that also means I'm a doctor. That is not what that means, sir. <laughs> Pretty sure it is. Pretty sure and it is. And what is my specialty? I'm a doctor of linguistics. <laughs> I work out on the vineyard. <laughs> so but Brad, Brad gets dragged down to the dungeon very quickly, as well as the two other women, the woman yeah. he's into and her roommate. And they disappear from the film. They get a scene with the spiders where, they're, mm-hmm. where one right. of them is copying up spiders. That one is uh, Claudia, who's yeah, played by gross. Cheryl Lawson. Uh, who was also in 1990, uh, 1989's The Dead Pit, not to be confused with The Pit, mm-hmm. which we mm-hmm. covered earlier or in this the podcast. Dead. Or Pit Dick, which we talk about <laughs> in a previous episode. And, and Rabbit. Yeah. And Rabbit. Um, which, uh, by the way, The Dead Pit was also filming in San Jose at the same time, which may explain why she was gone, because Cheryl Lawson is a much larger role in that film than this. Oh. That may be why she is only in a couple scenes here, but... Sherry Ball, this is her only credit, but she plays Celeste. I don't know why she just disappears from the film. 
But she has a couple scenes. They have she freaks out. All she does is freak out at the spiders. Yeah. And then they drag her to and bye. They're gone. Yeah. They're out of the film. Brad, however, gets another opportunity to try to be a hero. Um, but uh he is no match in the wine cellar or dungeon uh to for the ginger Randall Tex Cobb looking guy that comes right. in. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's he, a really good way to that's a good way to describe him. I was trying to put that together. I'm like he looks so he looks so familiar, but not quite. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, young yeah, he, ginger Randall Tex Cobb, perfect. <laughs> who just takes one swing with his axe and gets rid of poor Brad, but he gets a small opportunity. But I'm confused about the order here. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, we're oh, getting rid of all these okay. different people. Obviously, they've been invited to this island so Dr. Poe can drink their blood and stay young. But why not start with Jeremy? Jeremy is introduced as a reporter with an interest in Dr. Poe, as, as we've kind of talked about. He's not an actor who thinks auditions are held on island getaways. So you would think he would be taken down first. He's easily got to be somewhat the smartest person on this entire island. <clears throat> it's because he doesn't drink any wine. They have to drink the wine. Do they? And he doesn't drink. Yeah. Because... Well, I know he doesn't drink, but is that part of the thing? Right. But also, he. This is the vineyard. What do you want from me? I this. You ask a question. I'm giving. Look you at an Ryan answer. splitting hairs over here. We all watch the same <laughs> movie. He? Is that Come really on. A mark? I don't. I don't Maybe think he that's didn't true. He didn't take him because he wears glasses and he doesn't want to preserve his youth with poor vision. I don't fucking know, Ryan. <laughs> We don't know. He comes up behind him while he's asleep in a chair because he's been reading in the library and he has his sword and he's going to kill him. But then he has a flashback about how he eventually takes the life giving amulet away from his mom. By and it comes back dad, to him. Right. By he killing his, his dad. dad? Yeah. Right. Uh, also played by Harry Mock. And, and, right. and then it comes back to him and he kind of she's the sword like nah this isn't the right time not here then he tries to go back into his little paper dolls where he does his little voodoo dolls right his little paper paper people and he starts lighting them on fire and then uh jezebel freaks out because she's right next to him and she runs to stop him so he doesn't burn him up and then I mean, it just, every time he tries to kill him, it just gets away with it. So I just thought you should have done it earlier. You should have done it right away. You're too busy messing with Brad and everybody. I think he likes the the Encyclopedia Brown in him. And he just, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to see if he can uncover the mystery. Uh, I think that might be part of it. I, I also think uh, Dr. Poe is not a specialist in magic. He's a generalist. The reason mm. why I say that is mm. he's figured out how to get... <laughs> spiders to come out of a person's face their orifices Mm -hmm. on their face Mm -hmm. he abandons that and goes into voodoo dolls and lighting them on fire find one thing you already had a really good plan like it took it took those two took nancy and and celeste down immediately just do that to everybody but no well i'm gonna give the henchmen a little bit of credit on this as well I got to give the henchmen but some credit because. But why? You know. Why does he go then to the voodoo dolls? I, and he's not very. He's not nearly as effective with the voodoo dolls as he is with the spiders. I think what we have uncovered is point. that he, he at least has a doctorate in magic, and that much we know to be true. 
Well, I think Mark's arguing that he only has like an associates in magic. No, well, I think he, he, has, he has a doctorate in winemaking. He has an associates in magic. There we go. There we go. There it is. There it is. He did not you want to go. You don't make a bottle of wine that sells for $50,000 without having a doctorate. Incidentally, the most expensive what, wine what was his undergraduate ever degree? sold. <laughs> <laughs> Journalism. That's why he doesn't want to kill... Jeremy, he sees a little bit of himself in Jeremy. He's he also, like, yeah, he even oh. tells Jeremy, he's like, "Oh yeah, Jay does have restorative powers." I'm like, "Why are you telling this guy? He's already way too curious. You want him to shut up? Stop telling him his theories are right." Just, uh, just a little sidebar. The Rome. I'm gonna. I don't know if this. I'm We're gonna talk about a different movie. Roman. The Roman. <laughs> Quick sidebar on a different film. <laughs> yes. Romani Conti 1945 was the most expensive bottle of wine ever sold. Sold, Ooh. In, that, in, sold in 2018 for $558,000. What? It wow. was one of two that were in the best condition of a, uh, a total uh, lot or like the number of bottles ever bottled of this vintage were only 600. Sold for five hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars to an investor. Hmm. Weird. So, I, when I was watching the beginning of the movie, and I'm thinking fifty thousand dollars for a bottle of wine—that seems a little bit steep, don't you think? And I, sure. That, how much does wine go for? It turns out a lot more. So that's why I'm not <laughs> going to be on the Elite and Wine magazine anytime soon. <laughs> me either, because wine just makes me feel tired. So. I would basically you have to be just on the be amateur paying wine magazine. Fifty thousand dollars to do something I could do on my own, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Total waste. Wine people are so weird. Who would pay over half a million dollars for a bottle of wine? <sighs> I, I, I mean, people I with that it. kind of money to burn, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, meanwhile, while Jeremy is trying to put together the pieces of this whole island mystery. Dr. Poe and Jezebel are starting to fall for each other, or at least Jezebel seems to be falling for Dr. Poe. Are we feeling the chemistry between the two of them? No. Yeah, I saw that dance scene. Hell yeah. Nope. (laughs) Nope, I'm not. What? He's doing that weird dance, and she jumps out, and she's like, you bet. And she's trying to mirror it. Yeah, dance. Like, I mean. She's already doing a little cultural appropriation with that outfit she's wearing i'm like what costume are you wearing lady that 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 robe is i feel like you went into dr poe's closet and grabbed his robe i was like look at my costume or did did he give that to her because i even argue that he gave it he had to yeah 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 Yeah. so she's trying to impress him from the get-go though she gets she sees him and she's into him you know from the get-go um (laughs) all right Erica's like, what, what reaction she, do you want me to have here, she Ryan? Shrugged. She you know, shrugged. everybody has a type. All right? <laughs> everybody, some people just see people and they're into it. You saw this piece and you were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that question that. Let them. Yeah, that is, that is a good me. That is a very good me. That's a good. You were like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's Dance. That's yeah. As soon as I met you, that's what I said. Yeah. All right. Go, go, go. Go. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see um, Lucas and Nancy be also becoming protagonists of this movie, though. Yeah, that was a real twist. (laughs) No, that was a real twist. I I did not see that. I thought they were 
once we started you know cutting down the cast that we just introduced i was like oh those two are are are, are out of this movie mm-hmm. soon yeah. and we're going to be left with jeremy and jezebel no in fact they saved jeremy at one point in time yeah and yeah. they become like they're they're running around the island taking out some of the henchmen. I yeah. I just didn't I didn't see it. Especially Jeremy's almost killed so many times. He's clearly the hero of the film. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Lucas and Nancy mm-hmm. didn't see it coming. Yeah. I Why, also love that. In what, in, ahead, what in what culture is it part of your, uh, I guess, your courting ceremony that you just take some kind of potion and, or just some sort of liquid and pour it over the front of somebody's nightgown? Mm-hmm. I, oh, I that's, was really that's confused. What the... <laughs> <laughs> that's what people who do who like wine do. They drink it. They like pour it on themselves. They like. Dude, I don't know. have you ever taken a fifty thousand dollar wine bath? <laughs> But, but, but nice, but dude. Not, but nice. not in a bath where they just dump it on the no. front of you. No, no, no. They just you only get doused <laughs> in it once. Yeah, it's that I kind of bath. I like the neck down. Yeah, or yeah. shoulders down. That felt like the compromise they had, ironically, with a former playmate of the month to like because she. When we speak of the titty count, that she is not a part of that. Right. Right. Karen, Karen right. Laurie is not a part of that. So that felt like, well, could I you wear like, like <laughs> a, a negligee? Oh my god! And put on some rouge, <laughs> maybe some a house coat made just chilly. <laughs> god, I'm so sorry. I'm really upsetting your doctorate of linguistics. Yeah, by continuing to bring that word up. I think it was like okay, her maybe hair maybe a bustier. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that her hair is so bleach blonde that they lifted the wine up and they were about to pour it over her and she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you pour that over my head, my hair is going to turn bright red yeah, because sure. it, my hair is thirsty yeah. for any color <laughs> of any kind and any moisture. And so yeah. they were like, okay, well, let's just pour it on her shoulders. <laughs> but also they don't really pour it on her shoulders. They pour it like on her just neck like, clearly to go chest. down. Yeah, yes. I mean, they are like trying to go. This is as best the best we can do. Yeah, right. You know, so they're trying to get a wet T-shirt moment that doesn't actually really pay off. It doesn't. Right. That's no. what you're looking yeah. for. But it also is just confusing as to what you're trying to achieve in that moment because it's supposed mm-hmm. to be some sort of mystical moment, part of the ritual. But I don't know what I don't know what ritual wine, that is exactly. Wine people are weird, dude. Yeah. Wine people are Funny. weird. Wine people are odd. We are weird. Uh, it, 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 uh, what I also love though, too, when we have uh, Lucas and Nancy going around trying to save everybody, they save Jeremy and the other people in, in the dungeon that again, <laughs> I mean, I think I sort of know why they're not there, but Cla- uh, Claudia and Celeste are not there. But we also get two new randos, <laughs> like another weird guy with a mullet and a mm-hmm. mustache, and some other girl we've not seen before. Like right. two, th- and they survived the film. Like they they joined the survivors right. group. I'm like, who are these two? Um, and, and, I love that. And Doctor Poe's Mrs. Mrs. Doctor Poe inexplicably dies but for no reason she hasn't been uh, hurt any worse than anyone else that's been in that dungeon well like oh me, she died 
Yeah, let me let me let me get to that because that I mean, well, I'll just say it now. Favorite scene. That's my favorite scene right there. Uh well, you would that would be your favorite scene because she is in a negligee. Yep. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. More. It's more like an ill-fitting bikini. It's. It does not yeah. really a negligee, but it's anyway. a negligee bikini. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, uh, Christmas is coming up, honey. Uh, you know what? I want I you to this... look good at the beach and sexy as well. Are you going to the beach or are you going to bed? <laughs> Don't know. I'm going to both. <laughs> I'm going to sleep on a towel. Oh, uh, yeah, that scene is so great. And the sound she makes when she dies. <laughs> oh man i mean yeah i was just like i was trying to think because the spider scene is also great but i was like no it has to be that scene because it's just so great it's like quick all the information i need here it is here it is and i'm dead <laughs> it's awful sounding <laughs> she doesn't even go very limp she just kind of like lowers her no. head it's it's gr- it's great it's a great it's a great scene i think she died of a broken heart <laughs> she watched the man she loves get castrated yeah. by a giant knife which by the way and is he was 10 times better than her husband ten at sex times. 10 times he said it himself <laughs> I'm 10 times better than your husband I love that that was his barometer he's like very realistic he's like I'm easily 10 times better than your husband like that's not that much that's, <laughs> I, he could have said a hundred, a million, but he was very conservative. He yeah. was like, "I know my, I know my." Are, isn't that what she told him though? Didn't she tell him he was ten times better? No, he says it. To her. Oh, okay, I remember it. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, but speaking of favorite scenes, let's just go with it. We're on it. That was your favorite scene. Was sure. the death of the wife. Mark, what was your favorite scene? Oh, absolutely, the, the dance scene because of all the things oh, I've already the dance discussed. Party. I, yeah. I just the dance, it was, the dance party. Yeah. It is it is so cringy. There's the 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 overdubs are so bad. The music's horrible. The they're not even coming close to to dancing mm-hmm. to the music, which I know that they always put that in afterwards. But I don't know yeah, what but they're dancing to because everyone's dancing in a very different way at a different pace. Mm-hmm. And oh, at yeah. the end, when they go out to the yard to dance, they do a conga line out, even though there's yeah. no conga music. It's yeah. just also he has no outside speakers, so they are purely <laughs> listening to that from the window. <laughs> Which, which is closed and, to keep and, zombies out and they're walking out to the so they're they're hearing that music even less and less so there's no need uh, yeah i i as i've mentioned in this podcast before i think um avalanche comes to mind like when people are dancing to music they clearly aren't hearing at the time but that this is the music they put in it always it always brings a smile to my face because it's it's yeah. it's nothing they could do mm-hmm. they didn't right. have the song Right. But also the music that they get doesn't match what they're doing. But also, as you point out, Mark, how could they? Because no one's dancing the same way. So right. what music would you have put that would have? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's. And, and, you know, what's your favorite scene, Erica? Oh, my God. It's actually hard to choose. There's a lot of really good scenes, but I think I have to go with. Um, Lucas and Nancy, they've been caught by Dr. Poe. They've been caught 
uh, watching him transform, go through his oh, ritual. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And so there's a they, chase. They look into the laboratory. Yeah. So the basement a laboratory. So there's throughout the um, wine cellar where all the barrels of wine are and the two henchmen are after yes, them. Yes, 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 yes. And one of the henchmen corners them and Lucas says to Nancy, get down. <laughs> get down. So she just crouches down and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like... He's backing them into a corner and Lucas is like, Nancy, get down. Like, crouch down? Like, now you're already on the ground so we can just pin you down? Like, what, that's your hey, advice? N- hey, say, but... what, say, say what you want, but next time I see got two guys about to throw down, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to crouch down. I'm going to just crouch yeah, down. Yeah, just crouch down. But then, joke's on, joke's on me because then Lucas whips everyone's ass. Yeah. He beats mm-hmm. all these henchmen. Yeah. He kills them. Yeah. He uses a bow and arrow that he's found yeah. and repaired and used with perfect accuracy. Yeah. Also, a bow and arrow, you can't use the string from a from a light bulb to just Tell make Lucas bow that. and arrow work. Tell Lucas <laughs> just that. F- just you can't be Lucas. He and uses a Lucas. sword that he just, found? No. I mean, no, I'm telling dagger. you guys. A dagger. I'm telling you guys, you can't do that. Oh. I just so when we're cornered oh, and we're crouching no. down and we're trying to fix our bow and arrow with a string. I yeah, yeah. apparently, hmm, I was kind of working on something all day and, uh, <laughs> <crap>. <laughs> but yeah, that's my favorite scene is that just whole chase scene and the surprise of Lucas yeah, being that, like that actually is... really good at self-defense. Well, they say that in the beginning when they introduce him, they say he's like a martial artist and he could be like a leading man. And when he says martial artist, the two, uh, henchmen, two of the henchmen, like, like steel glint do they like look at each other like mm, i don't know i don't buy it and yet at the end he kicks everyone's ass yeah uh because jeremy yeah. was was worthless in that department yep um all right well i think now that we've done favorite scenes it's time for things we love things we hated let's talk about the things we love and things we hated about the vineyard <laughs> mark let's start with you what's something that you loved um, let's see, something that I loved. Uh, I, I've, I've mentioned it on uh, like several times, so I don't need to belabor it, but I really love the fact that there, there are a group of friends that come. How they know each other, we never find out. It doesn't matter. There are people in the basement. <laughs> yes, right. How did they get there? Why, why are they in the basement? doesn't matter. There are zombies in the yard. How did they get there? Why are they zombies? Why are they coming back from the dead? We don't need to explain that. Their how souls want to go home. So, how are these henchmen so loyal? Don't know. Just go with it, people. Yeah. Just go with it. This movie's given you it's 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 like a it's like the best Whitman sampler you could ever buy from CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you pop one in, you're gonna be like, I didn't expect that flavor. But yeah. you're gonna eat it. Yeah, but I'm finishing I eat, it. eat I'm the finishing Whitman it. sampler, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> eat the Whitman sampler sampler that is the vineyard. Yeah, Erica, what is something you loved? Oh God, it is it, all of it. I, I hate to say that that sounds generic. It's really just not what I expected at all. I really thought it was going to be more um, about vineyards. So <laughs> it wasn't, um, but I, I actually really loved um, the makeup on it. It looks on the box like it's going to be terrible. And at times it is terrible, but in the best possible way, 
it's just really, I loved it. And I love, they do this particular sound effect when Dr. Poe is transforming where it's like yeah. this, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like knuckle, like, like someone cracking their knuckles or like yeah. teeth grinding or something. It's like this terrible crunching sound. Oh, it's just like really kind of uncomfortable and uh, uh, ugh, yeah, I, I liked it. I found it very effective, very fun. Uh, yeah, and I think that that has to do a lot with the makeup effects, and uh, that's something I loved, which is the monster makeup and special effects, which were all di- done by Peter Koenig, who is now more of a visual effects artist working in creature design, But um, and he moved on from this to work at Phil Tippett Studios and worked on Jurassic Park, oh. Starship Troopers, oh, wow. and Dragonheart, among others, and more recently, he did concept art for 2016's Arrival, and Thor Love and Thunder. I believe this was his first credit. And I think considering the fact that they had a budget of $280,000. Wow. I think he did a pretty decent job yeah. here. Yeah, he did a great job. Because uh, I actually think that, you know, not all the time, but largely, I think the the makeup effects work. Like, you know, they do a big close-up on Jang, James Hong's face. And I think it, it, it kind of works. His mom, you know... Okay, I mean acceptable, but like there's still some decent effects in here. I even think it's not super gory, but when he does the acupuncture through Brad's throat, there's some like there's yeah. some good stuff in here. There's some really good effects in here, mm-hmm. and I'm sure yeah. he had very little to work with. So yeah. that's something I definitely loved. Outside of also James Hong himself, I mean obviously it it, it feels like going without, goes without saying that he's great in this, but it deserves to men- deserves, deserves a mention. He is really good in this. He's very good in this. He did this movie primarily to give himself like a leading role. Um, And he's really good in this. He's very good. He sells the hell out of this movie. So that's something I love. Let's switch to things we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? You know, I hated that they, they talk that when they are selling the $50,000 bottle of wine, it's at an event at the that is being put on. The auction is being put on by the Wine Growers Association. Sure. And I just felt, you know, this is no way to represent the wine grape growers of America. That is a real mm-hmm. organization, uh, often referred to as the WGA. They serve as a lobbying arm for the domestic wine grape community. Uh, they represent all the wine grape uh, growers in the United States. They were formed in 1978. Oh, no. Um, you know, they're an important part of the wine growing, the wine grape growing community. And I just felt like they didn't get their just desserts with this movie. I think they Maybe. were poorly represented in this movie. That's fair. Maybe That's they fair. didn't uh, get permission. They didn't give the film permission to use their name. They didn't want to be associated Well, now that you tell me that, that sort of changes my whole. Hmm. Hmm. Erica, what's something you hated? I think the only thing that I hated was the henchman with the ponytails uh, mask that he wore to the dance. It was very much like he wears like a Doctor sil- Pose. He wears like a silver, just mm-hmm. blank mask. No. He was trying, I would you argue... Look, you asked me what I hated, and it's that. He, I hated his mask. That he, was the best they could give him? He, he. Uh, I, I would argue he 
was working a little bit harder than some of the guests. Wow. Yeah. You know what? You asked me what I hated and it was that. All right. That's what I hated. I'll tell you what I hated. I hated that we did not get to see any of their fake audition scenes. Mm. for the f- yeah. fake movie that we didn't get to see that's true that's a good point uh-huh. really good bummed point. really, really yeah. bummed that we didn't get that that would have been some great stuff yeah that would have that's been. a lost opportunity yeah because they keep Maybe several it's... people are, are like oh i'm just so nervous about my scene i'm like oh yeah. please give me please the fake show scene. The scene please yeah. show this fake dumb scene that give yeah. us a little bit of what this fake dumb movie might be i really want it we didn't get I it. I think there's a director's cut that has that somewhere. God, I hope so. I, I hope so. I don't know. I mean, did they shoot it? I hope so. I have no uh, idea. I really hope they did. Uh, all right. We've already done our favorite scenes, so let's go into final questions. These are our final questions for the vineyard. When Dr. Poe is making his magical potion, besides blood and shavings from his jade medallion, what else does Dr. Poe add to his potion? Sesame seeds? Yeah. Garlic? It was in this little glass bottle. Yeah. What did he throw in there? I wasn't sure. Dried onion, maybe? Lowry seasoned salt. Oh, um, I bet it was Lowry. Just, that stuff is yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, it's good in yeah, everything. Yeah. It's always yeah, good. You gotta have yeah. some. You got, it's always yeah. good. That's uh, always good. That's good in anything. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should start putting some of that in wine. <laughs> Maybe then I'd like it. <laughs> Cabernet, see it's Lowry seasoning salt. Mm, la la. <laughs> we we mentioned this a bit earlier, or um, or maybe we didn't, depending on the edit. During the party scene, Lucas bumps Dr. Poe, knocking his gold mask off and revealing another mask that is on his face that he fools everyone with. What if no one ever bumped him? <laughs> I feel like he um, maybe had it. Maybe he had like a. It was going to be built in that he like sneaks it off or something. Yeah. Do you think he had a plan to just do it himself at some point if no one bumped him? I think so. Because why else would you wear it? Because he's double masking. Yeah. And it had to be hot. That oh, rubber mask so hot. with like a plastic mask over it. Yeah. Or was it just the inside liner of the metal of the shiny mask, and it just you know like. <laughs> It just peeled away, and right. it wasn't a double mask at all. It was there was a nice yeah. liner. Right. You don't want that cold metal on your face, you know. You you want something that's kind of soft and pliable. So maybe that's like, what's going on. Once he takes that <laughs> that second mask off, that's when he says, "Let the party begin." Like that was his moment. Yeah, that was going to kickstart the party. Yeah, but I'm like, so what if no one bumps him? He was getting into every, he was getting close to everybody's shoulders and elbows for the first yeah, forty five des- minutes, hoping yeah. that desperately would hit him. somebody bumped me. No, they 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 Please kept knock distance. this off. It's so hot under I'm so here. So sweaty under this ma- under these masks. <laughs> oh, what is Doctor Poe's rat's name? Joe. Uh, uh, Laverne. I hope it. I hope the rat's name is just something like Ratty, <laughs> like a terrible like when kids name. name something, yeah. and they're like, "What's your dog's name?" And they're like, "Doggy." <laughs> His rat's name is just Ratty. Honestly, though, if we got another dog, I would be like, "Let's call it Doggy." <laughs> that would crack me up every time. Doggy, where's Doggy? That would crack me up. 
We ran outside, couldn't find it, and yelled, doggy! That would just sound so dumb. I would be in a panic and also laughing. Doggy! That's so right. Why do we name him something so dumb? Doggy! We need you back! Oh, it's so dumb. I would just be this wild wave of panic and laughter. Yeah. Um, what happened to Gox one eyeball? You see he's got a one weird mm-hmm. eyeball? Yeah. What happened? I... I mean, I don't I, know. this movie's not going to explain it to you. So <laughs> yeah. you just got to move on, Ryan. You, this, mm-hmm. Just accept it yeah. and move on. Uh, all right. I think it probably, you know, he looked into the sun or something and it got burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen? Sure. <laughs> That's what they but say. He, don't look directly at the eyelid. sun. He only looked yeah, at one Yeah, he was just eye. like looking with yeah. one. Yeah, he looked with one eye and it just yeah. got singed. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some very quick research. There's not a ton here. This was shot in 21 days in May 1988. Jeez. Might have gone a little bit into June. They shot it at two wineries, as I said. Both of them are still open today. Huh. Fortino Winery in Gilroy, California, and Guglielmo Winery, which is where they shot the vats and the winery, the, um, the, those sections down there. In fact, when Mike, um, when Jeremy... Michael Wong walks along and he's looking around at everything. You can see their stamp on the barrels behind him. Guglielmo. Yeah. That's Goog- really what it's called. Guglielmo. Yeah. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. Guglielmo Winery. That's um, crazy. Then uh, they, that's in uh, Morgan Hills, California. The Dr. Poe's house is the Dunsmere house in Oakland, California, hmm. which the film got to use for 10 days for very little money. Uh, basically because they were considered a low budget film. So somehow they got to do that film for, got to got that for a very low price. Um, got a shout out to John Durham, the cinematographer who William Rice admits blocked most of the scenes. And Durham explains on the Blu-ray that it was actually uh, uh, Hong, James Hong, who, who asked him to help William Rice direct the scenes because he was 60 at the time of the shooting and he was exhausted with all the night shooting. I think they did like 11 days of night shooting. And uh, so he was, he's just like, I need just help him out. Cause I am exhausted from all this. And Durham was coming off of 1988's distortion with Olivia Hussey and Steve Railsback from new world's Turkey shoot. Hmm. Um, wow. And he, he would go on to be a camera operator on Silk Stockings, the show starring Angel 3's Mitzi Capture. Um, the movie not as good, not, did as, get not sp- as good as Hunter as a series, but I mean, it's a decent <laughs> feeling. Right. He didn't work on Hunter. Oh, I thought everybody on this movie worked on Hunter. That's the way, that was my takeaway from this one, episode. One person. <laughs> when I was listening Mark's to one this episode, was like, Hunter's really good. Hunter's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> guys Mark's after sequel. this listeners after you after you listen to this put on hunter you will be you will thank me later mark at new world podcast you can you can write me mark with a c <laughs> um this movie was released i believe uh by new world on in a very limited release um it was actually screened only in atlanta before it went to uh video um, and did not see, receive wide distribution, but um, I will say on the uh, on the Blu-ray they explained that they actually did make money. They met a distributor, and he looked at the film, 
because they had such great locations, because John Durham did such a good job uh, as a cinematographer, I think it looks really good because we had such great uh, effects. Uh, the guy said, oh, God, you must have made this for like um, $1.2 or whatever. And they just were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though they had only spent 280000 uh, but however, they maintained distribution rights. So if they were to have, have distributed it, they would have not gotten their advance. So they'd already paid back the distributor plus made a, a little bit of money. They wouldn't they would have had to uh, use that advance and put that up to then distribute the, mo- the movie theatrically. And so therefore it, it never went out that way. But it was a big hit. Mm. On VHS, uh, that's where I think it got a long, a long life there. Um, again, there's not a ton about this movie. I researched like crazy trying to find things out about it, and the thing that I was most disturbed that I couldn't find out anything about was a little bit about the people that wrote some of the music. Mark, you've mentioned you didn't quite love the dance music in the party scene, but a song that shows up, I think, mid the end title credits which is titled End Title Song, <laughs> which is written by Jeremy Fox, Tom Twoey, and Eddie, quote-unquote, M. Eddie M. <laughs> Who are these guys? Why didn't they make more music? Why can I find out nothing about them? But this is the song that, they, that they, we hear at the end credits. That is a banger. This was written for this movie. Yeah. Like, like why does that not feature more? Why was this dumped at the end? Why? Who were these people that wrote this song? I mean, I I have so many questions and unfortunately have no answers. If you have any answers, Mark, uh, listeners are out there. (laughs) Podcast.com. Yeah, let's hear it. Let us know because there's so many. I have so many questions. Eddie M, where are you? Speaking now. (laughs) Where are you, Eddie? Did you look him up? As Eddie Music? I didn't look him up that way. No, I don't know if the M was music. There is an Eddie what M. About Eddie Money. Who's a, Money? Who's Eddie a Money? DJ. Was Eddie Money that was doing it like real cheap? <laughs> right. He's like, do not call me Eddie Money. Call me Eddie M, quote unquote M. Uh, yeah, I, I there is an Eddie M who's a DJ. And so when you start looking up anything Eddie M, that is what dominates your search in Google. He's done very well. He's paid Google very well to make sure that he comes up when you write ADM. Uh, speaking of last questions, how about, you know, on this podcast, we don't like to say a movie slaps, unlike that song we just heard. In fact, <laughs> uh, we have an alternative, though, that Eric has come up with, which is, does this movie queef? And we are queef positive on this podcast. Queef is a good thing and not a bad thing. So I have to ask you all, does this movie queef? Mark, does it queef? Absolutely. It queefs a lot, quite honestly. There's a <laughs> lot of queefing throughout Often. the movie. It's frequent uh, and it's enjoyable. <laughs> Sus- sometimes sustained, sometimes short bursts. 
but it's all over. <laughs> it's There's all a over sprinkling of queefing through the entire movie. Ooh, Erica, wow. is this wow. queef? Absolutely, Ryan. 100% it queefs. I have to say, this gets a third queef for me. It's uh, This one <laughs> is just a wild movie. Uh, I mean, I think that um, when Harry Mock and uh, James Hong go on and talk about this movie and they and, and talk about what they would have, you know, this was, you can see in the very beginning, it's a, a Vineyard Partners limited production. This is, they clearly decided, let's make this movie. They came mm-hmm. together and they got funding for it to make this movie. This was not like, we we're going to start making movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that this might have been something they could have shown to continue and this would have been a really good like starting point, but that's not what they yeah. were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a shame that this was kind of the this this little one and done. But what what a blast! What a yeah. blast! Uh, all right, that's it. That's the vineyard. A special selection for Corn Tober. We're in the midst of Corn Tober. Still got so much more to go. We got we got a couple more weeks of Corn Tober, including a Children of the Corn franchise ranking uh coming up next week (sighs) yeah are you ready mark a lot to watch how far in are you not far at all Uh, (laughs) i'm only three in so i've got a lot of oh no oh no (laughs) yeah okay well eric and i are through number six so we are you're six corns deep. Well, good yeah. for you. Good we for you. We have four more Fucking to go. Brag. Great. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Look how great you are. <laughs> That's what we like to do. We're bragging about the amount of Children of the Corn movies we've watched. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you are. That's how I took it. <laughs> um, or do we call it Children of the Corn? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even feel good coming out of my mouth. Oh, it was terrible. All right. Um, That's it for us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Rate and review us if you can. And also follow us. We're on uh, social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us there. Follow us on Letterboxd. We hope you enjoyed this movie. Let us know what you thought of the vineyard or the vineyard. Which pronunciation do you use and what do you think of this movie? Let us know (laughs) on those socials. Tell us what you thought and we will see you next week for more Corntober here on the New World Pictures podcast. Bye, everybody.